0: God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed worship. It reminds me of when we lived in the mountains of Virginia, man. Oh, man. Anybody ever had a well? You didn't have running water down there. You had to go pump your water from a well. And if you didn't get to it soon enough, you had to prime the pump. Come on, anybody old enough remember that? Anybody been hard up like me and lived in those mountains? You had to prime the pump. That means you had to have some water in order to get water. You had to pour water down the shaft of that pump, and it just would create suction, and all of a sudden, you had the well of water that just seemed like it never ended. And I think that's kind of what worship does. There's something in our spirit that just kind of gets tuned for the Word, and I love that about worship. I love worship, and it just sets us in a place to, I think, really receive the Word. Amen. In a couple of minutes, we're going to receive your giving, and then I'm going to... Let my friend come up here and minister to us. Scriptures that are on my heart this morning Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. I don't have them on the PowerPoint, but for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, hear the next words and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. In other words, you don't prime the pump, not of works, lest any man should boast. I love those two scriptures, but then verse 10, we kind of leave that one out like it's the stepchild at times, but let me tell you something. You better just graft it on in there because he said it all in the same breath. He said, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Beautiful, beautiful scriptures. I don't know of any scriptures that will set you more free than those right there pertaining to grace and understanding that You don't have any contribution in his finished work. He did everything. He gave us the faith. I mean, we have to put our faith in Jesus, of course, but where did our faith come from? You can't get it anywhere but Christ. The Bible says he's measured unto every man the measure of faith. We got our faith from him, for by grace are you saved through faith. What faith? The faith he gave us. Pretty awesome, isn't it? He gives us the very substance to be saved by, faith. And that not of yourself. In other words, you brought nothing to the table. He did it all. That way we can't go around boasting. But then it says, for we are his workmanship. That word workmanship in the Greek means we are his fabric. The essence of that scripture is we are his fabric. And I don't know about you, but when I think about fabric, I don't think there's anything much more beautiful than a well-done quilt, you know what I mean? If you've ever seen someone that really knows how to put a quilt together, I'm just in awe how beautiful they are. And that's kind of how he's put the body of Christ together, like a quilt. It's all like one big blanket, really, but it looks so different in sections. Different races, different colors. This is Brother Gary right here. You wouldn't look at Brother Gary and get him mixed up with me, would you? And you wouldn't get me mixed up with him. We look different, but we have a lot of things in common. You've got two ears, and I've got two ears, brother. See, we have a lot of things in common, but yet we're different. But we are His, not just a workmanship, we are His workmanship. We are His fabric. And then he says, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Not because you've done good works, but you're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. When it comes to grace and understanding grace, yeah, you do nothing to save you, other than you receive his gift. You don't maintain your salvation. You grow in your salvation, but you don't maintain it. He maintains it for you. But we're saved for a purpose. What did he say? He says, You're my handiwork. Another version of the Bible says, Workmanship, it calls him a handiwork. It's like a, a potter who puts his hands on. A piece of clay, and it had no form to it at first. But he dips his hands in the Holy Spirit, and he sticks it on that lump of clay, and he forms something so beautiful out of it. That's what he's done with our lives. Taking the Holy Spirit and forms something so beautiful, friends. I want to tell you something. I'd be like the wreck of the old ninety-seven if it wouldn't have been for Jesus, man. My daddy used to sing that song about a freight train to getting in. It was a terrible song, wreck of the old ninety-seven. But that would be my life apart from Christ I don't know where I would be I don't even want to know I told I think Valerie the other day if the Lord gave me the ability if he said son would you like to see what your life would have looked like had you not received me would you like to see that picture I said absolutely not I'm not that curious to be Mm -hmm. honest with you because I know what it was like before and if it was anything like that I don't even want that replayed in my head but I'm sure it would have been worse. He's a good father. He is a good father. So, we're saved by this amazing grace and we're saved to be a workmanship for Him. And when I was in the Word this morning, this is what the the Lord was speaking to me through this morning. So understand that everybody's important in the body of Christ, right? Sometimes there are parts of the body of Christ that seem like they get more recognition than others. You know, this right hand has never wore this ring. And yet this right hand gets to rejoice with this one every time we clap. And it's not jealous that the left hand gets to wear it. I've never heard this hand talking to this one going, "Why don't you let me wear that for a little while?" No. Every part of the body is important. Brother Gary, you're important. You are very important and so that's what the apostles were dealing with in the book of acts chapter six here's the scriptures in those days when the number of disciples was increasing the grecian jews among them complained against the hebraic jews because their widows amen were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food now let me stop there for a second the reason i highlighted two words in here is because they are the same greek word we have two different english words we have down there later in the scripture, it says, wait on tables. You generally, in your mind, wouldn't connect those two together. But it says they were overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Wait a minute. I think what we need to see in the body of Christ Stay in your lane. In other words, God has made you, and he's qualified you, and he's equipped us all to do certain things for him. And we have a lane. We have this gifting, if you will, that he's called us to, and it's okay to be in that lane. Listen, if all my job was to do is to stand at that door and shake hands, and I'd be the best handshaker in the world. I'd Shake your hand, hug your neck, in and out, and somewhere in between. I have no problem with that at all. If you said, Mark, your job is to mow grass and wash toilets, fine, no problem. Let's do it right. In fact, there was one time we were at our former church. The man came in the restroom, the the men's restroom, the the janitor of the church during service had his gloves on, he had his big cart. And I honestly looked at that and go, and I, I found myself going, man, I would love to do that. Now, isn't that crazy? Because I saw a man doing it with pride and and with excellence. And I couldn't help but think, if that was my job, I'd want to do it really good, just like you. We learn to stay in our lane, and we have different callings. Don't try to be someone else. You cannot wear Saul's armor. Wear the armor that he's given you to wear. Okay? So this is what's going on here. The apostles realized we have a lane that we're supposed to be in, but the daily distribution of food and waiting on tables is pulling us out of that lane. And so they used wisdom. Let's continue. Here's what it says. He said, Brothers, choose seven men among you who are known. Look what you've got to be full of. You've got to be full of the Spirit and Wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, here's what's interesting, that word ministry, remember, distribution, wait on tables, the word ministry is the same word, same Greek word. What is my point? My point is ministry comes with a coat of many colors. Ministry comes in a quilted fabric that daddy said, I've created you under good works. I'm thrilled when I see the body of Christ enjoying what Papa has called them to do. He said, we're going to give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Continuing, this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Here's a man, so far he's full of faith, he's full of wisdom, he's full of the Spirit. Also Philip. Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicolas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. I'm telling you, prayer is a ministry. Laying hands on people is a ministry. And as much as I said Gary and I, you wouldn't get confused necessarily by sight and that we have similarities, two eyes, two ears, Two lips, two arms, two hands, two feet. There's so many similarities. And what I see in that is that we all have a similar responsibility, but yet different. In other words, we just don't go, hey, my only job is to sing. I, I sing on Sunday mornings, that's it. I'm the janitor on Saturday afternoon, that's it. No, we have a responsibility. We have this intrinsic responsibility that God has put into us when he formed us to say, You know what? Ministry is so much greater than just that one gifting there. So continuing. So it says, so the word of God spread. Amen. There it is. The word of God spreading. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. I love that one, man. Come on, man. Look, this guy's full of so much stuff. He's full of faith. You can't do nothing without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. He's full of faith. He's full of wisdom. Friends, I'm telling you, faith without wisdom is a shipwreck. You've got to use wisdom too, and God gives them both to us. They're both gifts of the Spirit. He's full of faith. He's full of wisdom. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of grace. And He's full of power, the Word says. He's full of power. And He did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people." Now, I want you to get these next two words in your heart. This is where I'm going to go and I'm going to close. Look at the next two words. Opposition arose. Listen, friends, I don't care where you're at, whether you're at work, whether you're at play, whether you're at the grocery store, whether you're at church, you'll find opposition. Even when you get in your right lane. And sometimes you think, well, this ain't working out so right. This just doesn't seem like it's going right for me. No, <laughs> opposition comes. And it's not because we're doing something wrong or we're doing something bad. Opposition arises. But it says, opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the as it is called Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria as well, as the provinces of Kilesia and Asia These men began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit of whom he spoke. Friends, let me tell you something. They chose seven men. Look how qualified these men are. You would think, man, to wait on tables? You want me to be full of faith? Well, I don't need faith just to wait on a table. All I need is customers. And I go to Olive Garden, I don't know that they have faith. They probably have faith that I'm going to give them a good tip, maybe. But that's just experience. I don't even mean faith anymore. Just be good to be consistent. But to wait on tables to serve food, you want me full of faith? I need to use wisdom. I need to be full of wisdom. I need to be full of the Holy Spirit. I need to be full of grace. I need to be full of power. Right. Because there are going to be encounters even at your dinner table. Even at your breakfast, luncheon, or whatever it may be, there are going to be encounters Everywhere you go, what is my point, man? My point is simply this, learn that you have a lane that God has called you to be in. At the same time, learn that he has gifted the entire body of Christ to be good to people. (laughs) See, there's not just a gift that says, okay, you get to be good to people, you don't have to be good to people. You be good to people, you be good to people, you don't have to be good to people. No, we're all to be good to people. Be good to people, that is a universal gifting and calling. And how does being good to people look? By giving, not money, some cases maybe, giving them the time of day sometimes, giving them a prayer, giving them a touch, giving them what the Holy Spirit is asking you to give them. But remember, He's already given us all the faith we need. You're not going to get any more faith. I guarantee it. Now, you can locate and find that faith, and you can take that faith, and it seems like it's growing, but all it's doing is growing in Revelation. That's like saying you're going to get more saved. You ain't going to get more saved. You're as saved as you're going to get. You didn't get 72% of the Spirit when you got saved. You got them all. So we're full of faith. Yes, absolutely. We're full of the Holy Spirit, of course. We're full of power. Power to do what? Power to love. It ain't just about casting out devils and, and healing the sick. Of course that comes with it. How about the power to love somebody? How about the power to just reveal Christ as we have opportunity to manifest His power, opportunity to manifest His grace and His faith and his wisdom let's do so let's do so that's what this ministry is doing in Jesus name amen my heart is tickled by you Papa it's just tickled by you you're so good I want to thank you Father that the body of Christ is not a bunch of cowards And, and the ones who just haven't got that revelation yet of how good you are and how awesome you are I want to thank you Father that They are awakening. They are awakening, even in the midst of opposition. So often we shriek back when opposition comes. No, I look at it as an opportunity. Opposition, opportunity. And I want to thank you, Father. Opportunity to do what? Showcase Christ. Release power. Release grace in the midst of those situations. You say, well, they don't deserve it. That's what grace is. It's when you don't deserve a thing. And that's what Jesus did for us, Daddy. So thank you, Father, as we give into the ministry today. We give with cheerful hearts, knowing this, Daddy, that we get to put a thumbprint, we get to put a fingerprint, Daddy, on the whole world as they listen in. In Jesus' name, amen.